For several Sundays now, we've been hearing various excerpts from our Lord's Sermon on the Mount. It'll all be interrupted uh, this coming week when we begin Lent. There's more in the Sermon on the Mount, but we don't get it this year. But today, in a very real sense, Jesus reaches kind of the apex or the summit of his teaching with these rather challenging words, be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. And he gives, as an example of how to live this, the command to love our enemies. One of the beautiful things about our faith is that God himself only commands us to do what he himself freely does first. That's why he says, be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. And Jesus is the revelation of the Father. We see Jesus in the flesh as an image of our perfect heavenly Father. And so our Lord in his own life lived this teaching most clearly on the cross. As he was hanging there on the cross... The Roman soldiers who had fixed his hands and his feet to the wood with the nails heard him pray, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He loved his enemies. And then down through the centuries, the saints' lives are also kind of the the fullness, the revelation of, of God played out down through the centuries as we see in the lives of the saints the image of Christ. And so the saints' lives are littered with stories of heroic forgiveness. I'm going to share with you just two examples, one very early on in the church and one rather recent. The first comes from Scripture itself, the Acts of the Apostles, which tell us about the very first days of the church after our Lord ascended into heaven. And there we meet St. Stephen one of the first deacons of the church, who is arrested by the Jewish Sanhedrin and sentenced to stoning. And there, present at the stoning of St. Stephen, is Saul, who is approving what is happening. And as Stephen falls to his knees on the point of death, he says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. He loved even his enemies. Even more recently, St. Maria Goretti, 1902, she lived just over 100 years ago. She was 11 years old in 1902 in Italy when her 18-year-old neighbor Alessandro approached an attempt to commit impure acts with her. It wasn't the first time he'd done this, and just as before, she resisted, told him it was a sin, and that she wouldn't cooperate. But this time, for whatever reason, he went into a violent rage and he stabbed her 11 times. She was taken to the hospital and the next day she died. But just before that, she said that she forgave Alessandro and she wanted to see him in heaven with her. She loved her enemies in the most heroic way. Saints are men and women who live the virtues to a heroic degree. They are 
These are just a couple examples of the incredible way that the saints lived this call to love of our enemies, fulfilling Christ's command in the gospel. You know, there are many so-called hard teachings of Christ and his church, but I'm sure that for many of us, this is probably the most difficult. We have within us an innate sense of justice, and we want right to be rewarded and wrong to be punished, and not without reason, justice also is a virtue. But St. Paul reminds us of an important truth in our second reading today, which is that the one who alone can really dispense true justice is God. He spoke about the justice of God when he wrote, If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. Only God can fulfill perfect justice, because only God can see to the heart. Only God can know what we or any person really merits in terms of reward or punishment for our deeds. Only he knows all of the circumstances of our lives and our deepest innermost intentions as well as our wounds and our brokenness and our incapacities. And so our Lord's teaching in the gospel is this invitation, this call to let God be God and ourselves simply to fulfill that command of charity, even for our enemies. And here's the beautiful and amazing thing about the power of living this hard teaching of Jesus. At the cross, when Jesus died, there was a Roman soldier named Longinus. He was the one who thrust the lance into our Lord's side after he had died on the cross. After everything that Longinus witnessed, including hearing those words of Jesus, Father, forgive them, he responded truly, this was the Son of God. Our Lord's love for his enemy led to his conversion, and now we call him Saint Longinus. While Stephen was being stoned, as I said, Saul was there looking on, approving of everything that was happening, and he heard the prayer of the martyr asking the Lord not to hold this sin against him. It's the end of chapter 7 of the Acts of the Apostles. You know what happens at the beginning of chapter 9? Saul is converted. He becomes Paul, St. Paul, the greatest evangelist in the history of the church, the fruit of St. Stephen's love of his enemy. And then there's St. Maria Goretti. Alessandro, her killer, was put in jail. And while there, he had a dream of Maria giving him lilies. It led to his own conversion. He started calling her his good angel. Eventually, he was released from prison, and he was actually present at St. Peter's Basilica for the canonization of St. Maria Goretti. He lived out his days in a monastery with Franciscan friars, and now he's actually being considered for canonization. So radically was his life turned around because St. Maria loved her enemy. That's the power of love, divine love, 
which the Lord calls us to live. You see, behind this call of Christ is the truth that a person's story is not complete until the end of his life. And love and forgiveness has immense power to change that story for a person. You and I can be agents of conversion simply by loving one another. We can't do it on our own. We need the grace of God. He is the one, the one who modeled for us on the cross and gives us the grace we need. He is the one who makes it possible for us to live this calling. And we should always remember that we ourselves, if we have sinned, I imagine that's probably true of everyone in this church today, we are the enemy of Christ. He hangs on the cross not just because of the Jewish leaders and the Roman soldiers of his day. He hangs on the cross for you and for me, for our sins. When he prayed, Father, forgive them, he wasn't just speaking about those soldiers standing there at the foot of the cross. He was speaking about every one of us. And our lives are different because of it. Today, that love of his for us is made present again in the Holy Eucharist so that we can draw from him here the grace that we need then to live this hard teaching in our lives. Maybe today, as you come before the Lord's altar, you could call to mind someone in your life whom you find it difficult to love, even if they're not explicitly an enemy of yours in some way, some person whom you struggle to love as your neighbor. Bring that person with you to the Lord's altar and ask the Lord to fill your heart with the grace you need to love that person in imitation of Christ. And so to be an instrument of grace and goodness and conversion in that person's life. May our hearts today, as they encounter the heart of Christ here in the Eucharist, be set on fire with that same fire of love that consumes his sacred heart, love that extends even to our enemies. St. Patrick, pray for us.